And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry, and we thank you for being part of today's program. As we have a great program prepared for you today, as we're going to talk about angelic encounters. So stay tuned for today's program. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host, Nathan Jones, if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you for all those who've tuned in to hear your word. I thank you, Lord, for uh, giving us your mighty angels to guide and direct over us and handle your many of the affairs. Of course, uh, uh, Lord, we know that you are the ultimate sovereign, and we just thank you for your great presence. And we pray we'll all grow in our relationship with you through this study. And we thank you in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Again, you're turning to our truth. We'll set you free. Bible Prophecy Edition. Vic Batista and Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. We thank you for being part of today's program. Those of you that are following us live on this audio cast, we'd love for you to share this program with your friends and family via social media so that they can follow along and be part of the study with us. And also, we encourage you to get your Bibles ready as we continue in today's program. But before I continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host, Nathan Jones. Nathan, it's great to have you on. Hey, brother. Good to be on. Good to have you all visiting and uh, tuning into our podcast. We're excited to continue this series on the Angels of Revelation. Woo! Very exciting, Nathan. Last week we had you, myself, and Tim, and uh, it was a lot of fun. But Nathan, there's also uh, other uh, uh, assistant evangelists, and maybe you can share with uh, someone who's new to the ministry what we do and uh, also the resources. Absolutely. Well, if this is the first encounter you have with Lamb and Lion Ministries, we are a Bible prophecy teaching ministry. Our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. Uh, it was founded by Dr. David Reagan in 1980. He's uh, since retired and is on emeritus status now. Tim Moore is our new director. I'm the internet evangelist. Of course, you've got Vic here, uh, Dr. Batista, who is our assistant evangelist. We also have Dr. Uh, Patrick Oliver, who's another assistant evangelist. And I believe we're about to bring on two more uh, this later this year, too. So uh, we're continuing to expand our outreach and share the gospel with people all over the world. We do that primarily through our television program, Christ in Prophecy, which is aired on Daystar and the other major Christian networks. And you can check us out on our website at ChristinProphecy.org. There we have a wealth of information about Bible uh, prophecy and the soon return of Jesus Christ. We want to help you get excited about the Lord's soon return. So check us out on ChristInProphecy.org. Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you so much, Nathan Jones. And also for those of you that are part of today's program, don't forget that Saturday, July 23rd, will be our Lamb and Lion Ministries 2022 Bible Conference, Storm Warning, the Urgency of the Rapture. That's going to be another fun event, right, Nathan? Yes, uh, so please uh, sign up for it now. Their registration is required. It's only a $10 registration fee. The conference is free otherwise. And if you can make it to the Dallas area, please do for that conference. If you can't, uh, we will be streaming it. That is awesome. And Nathan, I always look forward to a, a lot of the conference where I'm able to be there or not. The, the fact that they get streamed online gives people an opportunity to be part of it from wherever they are around the world. And I, that's the wonderful thing about technology. Well, especially in this COVID era, I know we're kind of hopefully getting through it. Uh, of course, some people still have it, so it's not totally gone. <clears throat> Excuse me, gone away yet. Here we go. <clears throat> Sound like I have it myself, but I don't. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, so more people, uh, we're seeing a good portion, want to connect virtually. And so we're continuing to offer that option. Absolutely. That's true. And, and I'm glad you don't have COVID, Nathan. OK, that was just a back off. <laughs> 
just a little choked up there. Too much pollen, I guess. I know. That's what's happening here in Daytona Beach. A lot of pollen. My wife has me cleaning all the outside patio furniture because it turns green. <laughs> yeah. But Nathan, talking about that, one thing that I wanted to uh, to do as we open is maybe if you could uh, do me a favor and throw a quick prayer for the shooting in California. Those um, at least six people were killed. And I just thought maybe we could throw a quick prayer before we start for that. Yeah, we should, because uh, the media isn't talking about it too much. Obviously, the shooter doesn't fit the narrative that the mainstream media wants to portray. And so they're burying the story. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Leah, let's pray for them. Lord, I thank you so much uh, that your grace is upon us. And even during a terrible school shooting or public shooting, I should say that, uh, Lord, your hand is with uh, those families who have lost loved ones. We do pray that the yes. gospel will be spread through this and through this evil. Good will come. Maybe even the shooter, Lord, will come to know you as Savior and his brother. So we just lift this whole situation up to you, and we ask, Lord, that it will further your kingdom somehow in your precious name. Amen. Mm, amen. Thank you so much, Nathan. Yes, we're, we're definitely, uh, I know you guys pray there every morning, and we continue to pray for the situation, the Ukraine shootings. Uh, all these things is why we encourage you, our listeners, to uh, make sure that you have a wonderful relationship with Jesus Christ, that you are ready, that no matter when you're, you're called to be with the Lord, that you will be absent from the body and present with the Lord. So we do these programs to encourage you and to share with you the hope uh, that is out there for you. And, and Nathan, and that's what you and I've been doing, uh, sharing hope with people. You and I wrote a book in terms of God's mighty angels, the mighty angels of revelation and the hope that they bring. We started this series through Ezekiel, also seeing the hope that is found in Christ and on his resources. And, and people need to see, right, Nathan, in the midst of these tragedies, that there is hope. Absolutely. There's always hope in Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, the Jesus returned to take his church up to heaven is, is called in Titus 2, 13, our blessed hope. The Bible is filled with hope that this terrible age will pass soon and will enter into Jesus' glorious thousand-year kingdom and on into the eternal state. So there is plenty to be hopeful for. Absolutely. And today we want to encourage you guys with giving you hope uh, through the word of God. So we want to encourage you to uh, follow along with us as we dive into today's, um, uh, again, topic, angelic encounters, as we turn to Ezekiel chapter one, uh, verses 26 through 28. So, Nathan, can we go there and maybe do a little bit of recap since we were talking about chapter one? Maybe some people missed uh, our topic. But if we can go back to Ezekiel chapter one. And maybe you could bring us to verses 26 through 28, and then we'll continue our discussion. Absolutely. Well, Ezekiel chapter 1 is one of the few chapters that actually talk about someone who was brought up, raptured up, or caught up to see God in, in his own throne room, just like the Apostle John in Revelation. So Ezekiel's trying to explain it, and frankly, I don't think he's doing a very good job of it, but he's trying. You know, how do you explain a whole different world that, that you can't understand? He's, he picks up in verse 26, and Above the firmament over the heads was the likeness of a throne, and in appearance like a sapphire stone, or in the likeness of the throne was a likeness with the appearance of a man, high above it. Also from the appearance of his waist and upward I saw, as it were, the color of amber, with the appearance of fire all around within it. And from the appearance of his waist and downward I saw, as it were, the appearance of fire with brightness all around. And like the appearance of a rainbow in the cloud on a rainy day, so was the appearance of the brightness all around it. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And so when I saw it, I fell on my face. 
and I heard the voice of one speaking. Nathan, that's an amazing, uh, when I read that passage, I probably would have had the same reaction if I would have been faced with this incredible image and scenery. Uh, and, and this is just, uh, we see throughout the Bible, just the individuals when they have this encounter with the uh, amazingness of God in heaven, how it just it, it says there verse 20 so when i saw it i fell on my face and i heard a, a, a voice i think i would have fell out too <laughs> <laughs> i mean you can't even in our natural state see god it's like sticking your head into a nuclear reactor and so obviously the lord is is kind of obscured here we know when moses asked god for a view god said well you can only see my back but it's interesting uh, and hopefully we'll get into it as we read in revelation the exact same description is described as Jesus in his glorified, transfigured state. So basically what we're doing is we're getting a glimpse of what you, you peel the humanity away off Jesus. And this is what he looks like in person. And uh, and this is him sitting on his throne and he's all light and bright. And yet there's the appearance of a man because as humans, we're made in the image of God. Of course, that means emotionally and spiritually, but there are some physical elements to it as well. So yeah, this is a, a brief view of what, what seeing God on his throne and Ezekiel just absolutely overwhelmed. And I think you're you're right. We would be, too. And Nathan, and this is what we, we want to encourage people, because literally someday we also will see the throne room of God. And, and hopefully we'll do so with our glorified bodies. So this way we won't pass out. But that is the hope that we have in Christ. Yeah. Once these earthly bodies pass away and the sin nature is gone, we are totally pure obviously the blood of jesus purifies our sins first john 1 7 but uh our sin nature is still within this body and once we get our glorified bodies where we can finally stand before a pure and holy god as ourselves pure and holy thanks to jesus work on the cross and therefore we will have the eyes and the capability to look inside that nuclear furnace so to speak and and look into the face of our creator uh, brother i'm very excited about that Oh, absolutely. And, you know, Nathan, and, and also for people that are not uh, aware of what the Bible has to say, actually, yeah, Nathan, let's go to Revelation 1, verses 9 through 20, and then we'll make our way back to Daniel, because I think you started us out on a very good path here so that individuals can tie these scenes together and they can see that, that glimpse of what uh, John saw and also what Ezekiel is talking about. And in Revelation 1, verses 9 through 20, uh, Nathan, if it's okay, I'll take verses 9 uh, through uh, 13, and maybe you can take 14 through 20? Absolutely. Yeah, so we find, again, the Apostle John, much like Ezekiel, uh, as he's presented with his, uh, this amazing image, imagery, in verse 9, John says, I, John, both your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was on the island that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. And it says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. And what you see, write it in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamum, to Thyatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia and to Laodicea. Then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me and having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the lampstands, one like the son of man, clothed with a garment down to the feet and girded about the chest with a golden band. 
His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace, and his voice is the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, but he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, Do not be afraid, I am the first and the last." I'm the one who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys to Hades and of death. Write the things which you have seen, and the things which are, and the things which must take place. The mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand, and the golden lampstands. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands which you saw are the seven churches. Nathan, what a wonderful, and here we have this message also that is, uh, is, is prepared for John, but again, just the astonishment uh, there in verse 17, uh, and again, in my humanness, I think I will definitely be astonished as well. Yeah, and, and again, folks, we're, we're not talking about what we're seeing uh, or being described by both Ezekiel and John as being angels. We're, we're talking about God himself. And uh, so we will get to the angels, but we want to make sure that you know that that God is not an angel. You have a, a lot of the cults try to say that <clears throat> Jesus is the spirit brother of, of Satan or that we all become gods one day. And, and that's not the truth. The truth in the Bible is that God is the creator. He's eternal. He created the angelic realm. He created the human realm. And so he is not an angel. Absolutely. And, and now when we do talk about encountering uh, uh, angel in a similar fashion, now in Daniel chapter 10, Nathan, if we can flip back to there, we find there uh, again that uh, Daniel is presented with an amazing um, uh, um, message, if you will. Uh, in Daniel chapter 10, verse 1, it says, in the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, whose name was called Belshazzar. And the message was true, but the appointed time was long and he understood the message and he had understanding of the vision. But then on chapter 10, Nate, on verses 10 through 12, it does give us now the one who's bringing the message. And in this case, it's talking about Gabriel. And he says there in um, Daniel 10, 10, then suddenly a hand touched me, uh, which made me tremble to my knees and on the palms of my hands. And he said to me, oh, Daniel, man, greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright. For I have been I have now been sent to you while I was speaking the words, the, uh, uh, excuse me, these words to me, I stood and trembled. Then he said to me, Daniel, do not excuse me, do not fear, Daniel, from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard and I have come because of your words. And, and, and you're right, Nate, here we have another scene where Daniel, in this case, was deathly afraid and he was told not to tremble. Yeah, the angels are just as magnificent uh, as we imagine, but again, not as magnificent, of course, as God. They're, they're lesser, but we see in each of these situations here that you take a normal human being and you stick them in front of something so otherworldly as as God who alone is spirit or these mighty angels that he created and just the magnificence and power they display is just quite overwhelming. And we see it again and again throughout the Bible, this, this idea that we can be flippant about showing up before God or angels or whatnot and, and just be, hey, you know, cool, like they're friends, like they're Morgan Freeman, you know, uh, 
hey, you know, there's Morgan Freeman. He's, you were going to talk to God in person. Well, and that's why it's so important to understand why Jesus Christ clothed himself in humanity, the divine and the huma humanity combined, so that he could work with us, uh, talk with us, relate with us. I, I hear the story uh, growing up in church, you know, about the ant mound, and the father and son are looking at the ant mound, and the son says, uh, well, I want to talk to an ant. And the father says, well, you couldn't. If you bent down there, you would scare them all. You're too big and different. And he says, well, how would I do that, Dad? And the father says, well, you would have to become an ant in order to relate to the ants. And that's exactly what God did through Jesus Christ. I love that analogy, Nathan. That is very, very cool. And, uh, you know, it's really awesome. And I guess you're right. When when angelic beings or the supernatural or the, or the awesomeness of God, when man is presented before them, that's exactly what happens. People get startled, if you will. But the, and that's not always the case. Like we talked about last week, we saw these angels that came to uh, Abraham and uh, and and Sarah and uh, Abraham somehow recognized them and, and he offered to feed them. And he wasn't necessarily astonished. But there are those occasions, depending on the scene, that it could be very frightening. Yeah. And, and sometimes it can be comforting. Uh, I was really excited recently on our television show, Christ and Prophecy. We got to interview Pastor Robert Morgan. He's a prolific author. He's a pastor from Nashville. And uh, that show hasn't aired yet. It's still in editing. But in a few weeks, we'll have that airing. And uh, he wrote this story about a, a stunning testimony from a member of his Nashville congregation. And uh, it was wonderful to put it in our book. We put it on page 21. But I got to ask him about it. And he shared it with the same wonder that that I, I have. And uh, if I go ahead and read it here, he's... It's about this 95-year-old uh, woman, Miss Agnes Frazier, who was a member of his church. Well, her health rapidly declined, and before she was finally laid to rest on her deathbed, uh, the nurse called uh, Pastor Morgan to hurry over and, and visit his dying parishioner. And as she phased in and out of consciousness, Miss Frazier weakly inquired of her pastor with a strange question. She asked him, who are these men at the foot of my bed? Well, not seeing any other people standing there in a the room but himself, the surprised pastor hesitantly asked what the men looked like, and she described, well, two men dressed in white from head to foot. Next, she wanted to know what she should say if they were asking her anything, and pondering the question, Morgan at last said, well, tell them that you belong to Jesus. And he says that satisfied with the answer, the aged saint fell softly asleep with a big smile on her face, and he believed her heavenly escorts ushered her spirit to heaven. So they don't always come all terrifying. Sometimes they come looking like people uh, clothed in white clothes and and there uh, the rest of us can't see them they only reveal themselves to certain people but there we see them being used as escorts uh the bible teaches that when we die we are escorted by god's angels to the presence of jesus christ and so this story by pastor morgan is of a woman who actually got to see those angels first just before she passed Nathan, that is so fascinating and encouraging. You know, so, there's so many people that they are afraid of death or they fear death. And and oftentimes it's a wonderful, comforting thing when we're going to be uh, ushered into the hands of the Lord. And I like the way that you put it in our book, The Mighty Angels of Revelation, the uh, heavenly carriers, I think you call them. <laughs> Something like that. 
<laughs> which is really, really nice to know that, um, you know, there, there's hope and there's encouragement and there's people that have really had some amazing encounters uh, with angels. And in the Bible, the Bible often also describes them as messengers uh, to the churches of revelation, to the angel, to the messenger. And much like we find here in Ezekiel chapter two, Nate, as we look now at Ezekiel chapter two, oftentimes they also come with messages for the prophets to bring forth, uh, to tell the people. And it's really uh, exciting when we see the prophet Daniel, Ezekiel, John, which they have these encounters, but there was also a message to bring forth uh, to the people. So I think it's really amazing just the different functions that they have. And with that, Nathan, can we go to Ezekiel chapter two? Again, as we talk about these amazing messengers and the messages also that work to them, because Ezekiel chapter two is a powerful passage. And I was thinking, Nathan, I'll take verses one through five, and maybe you can uh, take verses six through 10, just in case someone doesn't have a Bible. Sure thing. Yeah, so uh, we go back to Ezekiel, and now we notice it says, And he said unto me, Son of man, stand on your feet, and I will speak to you. Then the Spirit entered me when he had spoken to me, and set me on my feet, and I heard him who spoke to me. And he said to me, Son of man, I'm sending you to the children of Israel, to a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me, and in their fathers have transgressed against me to this very day. Verse 4, for they are impudent and stubborn children. I'm sending you to them. You shall say to them, thus says the Lord God. As for them, whether they hear or whether they refuse, for they are rebellious house, yet they will know that a prophet has been among them. And you, son of man, do not be afraid of them, nor be afraid of their words. Though briars and thorns are with you, and you dwell among scorpions, do not be afraid of their words or dismayed by their looks, though they are a rebellious house. You shall speak my to that words to them, whether they hear or whether they refuse, for they are rebellious. But you, son of man, hear what I say to you. Do not be rebellious like a rebellious house. Open your mouth and eat what I give you. Now, when I looked, there was a hand stretched out to me, and behold, a scroll of a book was in it. Then he spread it before me, and there was writing on the inside and on the outside, and written on it were lamentations and mourning and woe. Nathan, and, and, and we find it's true. Oftentimes, the prophets were given these messages uh, to bring about, and they describe us eating the message. Or uh, And sometimes people look and they say, what exactly is this talking about? But it's, it's technically talking a message that was given to them, and they were to, in a sense, uh, ingest it and, and then also be able to give it out. So it wasn't always like eating a book, in a sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, it's a little bit of a poetic uh, not that the encounter with the angel is poetic, but the, the the symbology there is is definite. Like you know, you dwell among scorpions. Of course, that means the rebellious people that were sent to exile the, when the Israeli Israelites were first sent to exile. There'll be people that'll scoff and stand against God's message, but stand firm. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what he's saying. He's not, you know, he said, "When you speak my words, uh, you know, they're going to be rebellious, but you, you you speak them anyway." And so we see it throughout the Bible many times that. That angels come and uh, they they have messages. Especially Gabriel seems to be God's chief messenger angel. There's other times where we see that God sends them as mighty warriors. Uh, uh, I read another story, also by Pastor Morgan, about the Sudan Interior Mission in northern Nigeria. It was an Islamic militant-held region, and it well, just savagely persecuted Christians there. And uh, there, uh, he had a story about the people living in the town of Kano. They, where they labored, it had once again erupted into anti-Christian violence. And 
They were surrounded and trapped in a radio station for days by a thousand of raging Muslims calling out for their blood. The crowd just all of a sudden dispersed, and once things quieted down, the missionaries timidly poked their heads outside, and when they asked around, the reason for the dispersal had greatly bewildered them. The attackers believed their job had been completed upon seeing men setting the com compound ablaze and burning it to the ground. Yet a fire had never engulfed the building, and it stood there unsinged and whole. So sometimes not only does God send his message when he wants to, to give message to the people out there, whether it be friends or enemies, but when the enemies attack, angels can uh, sh show them visions and things that, that trick them and deceive their eyes from attacking, as this story was. Uh, sometimes we read about angels actually physically surrounding people, and, and the people don't see them, but their attackers or would-be attackers do. So, yeah, God uses angels for all sorts of different purposes. I love that, Nathan. That reminds me also of Jim Elliott, the missionary, when he was martyred. And then those that were converted from those tribes later on said how they saw all these angelic beings all around us. So I just love that those amazing stories. And these are true stories. Absolutely. Yeah. I, you know, we have all don't know if we've had an encounter by angel. Uh, there is a verse that says that uh, we could uh, entertain angels unaware. There's a, a few times in my life I thought, whoa, that's a, that's an interesting story. That uh, that that that's a weird encounter. Uh, how did that guy know what I was thinking or or he showed up to help just when I needed him? And, and you never know when the Lord's going to send. They're not going to show up like Gabriel, all glowing and, and mighty and, and fly away. A lot of times uh, they're portrayed as human beings, not that they are human, but that they come as humans so as uh, not to scare us, but to relate to us. I, and that is, and again, uh, I thank you, Nathan, for clarifying that for those of you that are part of the program. Again, we are not to worship angels, we're to worship the Lord. God does use them uh, for our protection as messengers, but ultimately we are to continue to look to the Lord for all things. And I think, Nathan, that angels play a, a great part uh, in, in humanity, but at the end, we don't want people worshiping them as John also almost made that mistake in the book of Revelation. Now they do bring very important messages that sometimes are difficult for those that are called to carry them out to do, uh, but nevertheless, they are messengers. And in Revelation uh, chapter 10, we're also going to see another amazing encounter uh, as we read chapter 10. And uh, just for the sake of time, Nathan, would you be able to uh, start us out Revelation 10? Maybe you can do uh, verses one through five and I'll do six to the end. Okay. I saw still another mighty angel coming down from heaven, clothed with the cloud, and a rainbow was on his head, and his face was like the sun, and his feet like pillars of fire. He had a little book open in his hand, and he set it on his right foot on the sea, and his left foot on the land, and cried with a loud voice as when a lion roars. And when he cried out, seven thunders uttered their voices. Now when the seven thunders uttered their voices, I was about to write. But I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, Seal up the things which the seven thunders uttered, and do not write them. The angel whom I saw standing on the sea and on the land raised up his hand to heaven. And it says, verse 6, And swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created heaven and things that are in it, and the earth, things that are in it, and the seas and the things that are in it, that there should be delay no longer. But in the days of the sounding of the seventh angel, when he is about to sound the mystery of God, will be finished 
as he declared to his servants, the prophets. Then a voice which I heard from the heavens spoke to me again and said, go take the little book, which is open in the hand of the angel who stands in the sea and on the earth. And I went to the angel and said to him, give me the little book. And he said to me, take, eat it. And it will make your stomach bitter, but it will be as sweet as honey in your mouth. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it. And it was sweet as honey in my mouth. But when I had eaten it, my stomach became bitter. And he said to me, you must prophesy again about many people, nation, tongues, and kings. So again, Nate, Nate, we're looking at a message here that was given to this individual, John. Yes, and it's interesting what he's seeing is uh, we listed in our book as the 37 of the 72 angels or classes of angels found in the book of Revelation, the Colossus angel. Uh, here we've got angels are all different sizes and shapes. Uh, some look like animals, some like man, some elemental. And so here we got the Colossus angel. I mean, this guy is gigantic. He's huge. Uh, some of his description has confused people to think that maybe he's Jesus, but uh, it really doesn't fit. Too, there's too much of a difference to say he's, he's not Jesus. And then he's got these seven thunders, which is our 38th class of angels there. And, uh, you know, what do these thunders say? Are they elemental uh, angels? Uh, uh, are they exist as energy and lightning? I mean, we don't know. But we get these different types of angels here. And what are they doing? They're, they're also proclaiming messages. So you've got the guy like Gabriel who shows up and, and is kind of terrifies Daniel. And then also you've got these giants and these thunder-like angels. And brother, it's just such a wide variety of angels found in the Bible. And Nathan, and the, and the thing is, their message was always powerful and one that was difficult sometimes to carry out. But nevertheless, he's talking about eating it. He's talking about, uh, uh, you know, telling John here. It, it's something that like you and I, sometimes we have topics that we need to cover that sometimes are a little bit challenging to bring forth to people. But nevertheless, we need to say it because the Bible's uh, 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 excuse me, encourages us to do so. And the message might offend some people. It might bless some people. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, we are the carriers of the message. Absolutely. And uh, Rick, you always like to end with the most important message. You usually uh, have me do it, but how about you do it today, brother? Share the gospel message. What is the most good news, important message that the Bible has for us? Thank you, Nathan. And, yeah, and, and we always like to encourage people that the, the main thing is making sure that you have a relationship with the Lord. That is uh, the most priority. We, we just heard of these uh, terrible shootings that happened this week. Over six people killed and many more injured in, in, uh, 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 in California. And uh, my hope is, my question is, did those individuals know Jesus? How sad it is if they did not. And we never know when the Lord is going to call us home, but we're called to be ready. The Bible says in John 3, 16, that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. So we turn to you now and say, hey, do you have a relationship with the Lord? Will you desire? Do you desire to have a relationship with the Lord? If so, you can start the relationship right now, wherever you are, by calling on the name of the Lord, by a simple prayer, just saying, Lord Jesus, I recognize that I'm a sinner. I've broken your commandments. God, I repent. Forgive me for my sins. And I want to invite you, Jesus, to come into my heart, to be my Lord, to be my Savior, and to be my friend. And from this day forth, I want to follow you, Jesus. 
In your name I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. And right, Amen. Nathan, anybody pray that and mentor from their heart, they have the wonderful relationship with the Lord. They just started and have eternal life. Absolutely. And that's about as good news as you can get. Then that's great news. <laughs> and listen, if you invited Christ into your heart, let Nathan and I know. We want to rejoice with you. You can uh, post it there on social media. You can give us a call, 305-992-9537. You can text, and we would love to give you a Bible and some information so you can continue to grow in your relationship with the Lord and find out a good Bible teaching church. Let them know you accepted Christ and get baptized. Uh, so start the wonderful journey with the Lord. Nathan, again, thank you so much. Uh, uh, hard passages, but thank you for making them easier for our listeners. Yes, and if there's any takeaway today that you leave, don't go eating little scrolls. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> all right, Vic Batista, Nathan Jones saying goodbye. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. We hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful week. <laughs>